Which NFC West running back are FFPC drafters selecting way too low? What does the commander's rumored interest in a free agent mean for the rest of the rushers? And what are you supposed to do with DeAndre Hopkins in drafts right now at the moment if you are drafting in the FFPC? Plus, eight-time FFPC league champion Rich Bilyeu sits down with us to discuss the Cowboys tight ends, which Lions running back is a better draft pick than the other, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Terpoli is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. From the pressure, I've seen Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. One minute past the top of the hour here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour live on FFPC, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. I am your host with... Not really the most, but you're going to have to put up with me tonight until we get to our guest. I'm Eric Balkman from the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network and the FFPC. I want to thank uh, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics and the Terpeliacs, as I'll put it tonight. Uh, welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. It's presented by MyFFPC.com. My co-host is normally the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. He is actually indisposed tonight working on something for us. So we are fortunate to have longtime FFPC player and social media frenemy, I guess is the best way to put it. You follow him on Twitter at Dave Terp. Welcome in, Dave Terpoli. Dave, how was the uh, vacation this week, man? It was great, man. Colorado's a, a fun time. I was out there for a wedding and then extended it a little longer with uh, my daughter and wife and her family. Good time. A lot of hiking. Not a big hiker. <laughs> yeah. But we survived, and now we're back home and, and ready to start drafting. So how old is your daughter, and was this her first, like, big trip outside the home? She is about to be seven months in a couple of days. Uh, this is actually her second trip. We were in L.A. to visit uh, my wife's brother two months ago. That was her mm -hmm. first trip. So we're not these short trips are definitely not it's five hours one way and three and a half hours to Colorado. So she's been – She's been on some adventures so far. Uh, yeah, I would say so. I would say so. It looked like she was having a great time from the pictures she that did. I saw you she, post. She definitely yeah. liked the hikes more than I did. Yeah, <laughs> That's usually true of kids at this point. Um, yeah. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to wax poetic on the Baltimore wide receivers, whether Sam Laporta is get actually too, getting too much hype in the FFPC, and uh, we're also going to have an eight-time FFPC league winner, Rich Bilyeu, give us his thoughts on Geno Smith, Jared Goff, his preferred team-building strategy in the uh, Fantasy Pros Championship, and much more. As a reminder, you can win $1 million in the FFPC Fantasy Pros Championship this year at MyFFPC.com. Just $350 to enter. You still get that $50 discount if you sign up for a three-pack. Make sure you're doing that. It has never been this inexpensive, this cheap, as it were, uh, to win a $1 million grand prize with the FFPC. 
Uh, I am commissioning the midnight draft tonight. So if you can help fill that, we'll have a ball. It's going to be great. Make sure you're filling that over at myffpc.com. Don't forget, we have some best ball tournament action going on there as well. You can win $200,000 when you participate in the FFPC best ball tournament, as well as $50,000 in the FFPC Superflex best ball tournament at myffpc.com. Just $35 will get you into that tournament as well. And don't forget, we are less than... Mm, I think about this for a second. We are less than three weeks away from the first FFPC main event slow drafts kicking off. Those will launch in early July, Independence Day, and a million-dollar grand prize as well there. So we will be awarding two, count them, two, two separate million-dollar grand prizes in the FFPC this year, one in the Fantasy Pros Championship, one in the FFPC main event. And if you love fantasy football so much, as I'm sure you do, because that's why you're watching this on a Friday night, make sure you are registering for the FFPC Dynasty Startup Leagues at myffpc.com. You can enter for as high as $5,000 or for as little as $100. Dynasty Maidens are going off this weekend. Remember, we've been doing Dynasty at the FFPC for over a decade, or I should say nearly a decade, more than 1,300 leagues, and not a single one has ever folded. So if you're ever nervous about that, joining an FFPC Startup Dynasty League, you don't have to worry about that. That is over at myffpc.com. And if you are just dipping your toes in for the first time, I know a lot of you fantasy pros players are just checking out the FFPC for the first time, maybe checking out this podcast for the first time as well. Uh, you can always dip your toes in for $5 in a 12-team league, plenty of live action, sit-and-go action, slow draft action at myffpc.com. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified uh, on this FFPC YouTube channel. You will get notified every time we go live. And related to that, I'm not going to reveal it yet, but we have a special announcement coming, something that we have never done with the FFPC media before. That is coming up before we sign off tonight. Uh, if you want to connect with us on Twitter, at HSFFO or at Eric Balkman, uh, and uh, make sure you're following Dave on Twitter, at Dave Terp. Email the show at highstakesfantasyfootballgmail.com. I promise you we will get to your emails. I've been slacking on it the last couple of weeks because we've had such great guests. We're going to have a great guest again tonight. But I promise you we'll get to those emails that have been building up in the uh, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com email address. Uh, send your questions in now via Twitter, via uh, email, uh, via the chat room, which we got going on right now with YouTube and Facebook. Uh, we'll get to those uh, queries in the fantasy feedback segment coming up later on in the show. Terp, let's get to it here. Cam Akers, let's talk about him. Sean McVay had some interesting comments to say about Cam, uh, Cam, Cam McVay, Cam Akers on SiriusXM this past week. Quote, he's really capitalized on a lot of the momentum he built up toward the latter part of the year. He's going to be a huge part of what we're doing uh, moving forward. Cam is going to be a central figure in this offense. I think he's priming himself to have a great year. He turns 24 this season. He actually had a pretty good end of the season in 2022 after he tore his Achilles prior to the 2021 season. Remember, over the last six weeks last year, Cam Akers led the NFL in rushing yards. I'm going to repeat that. Over the last six weeks last season, Cam Akers led the NFL in rushing yards with 512. He had seven runs of more than 10 yards. That was seventh most among the uh, running backs in the NFL in the last month and a half. And obviously, we're on Dalvin Cook watch in Los Angeles. We are in Kareem Hunt watch in Los Angeles. Uh, Leonard Fournette, you could actually bring him up, too, as far as Los Angeles. But as it stands right now, Terp, when I look at the ADP data for the Fantasy Pros Championship, shout out to Fantasy Mojo, fantasymojo.com, at Fantasy Mojo on Twitter. Darren Armani, not only the godfather of the Pros versus Joe's Challenge, he's the godfather of all the ADP we cite on this show. Cam Akers running back 23 at the 604. He's going right below Damian Pierce and Dalvin Cook, who's not on the team right now, right ahead of DeAndre Swift and Rashad White. 
Are FFPC drafters missing the boat on Cam Akers as running back 23 here in the early six rounds, Herb? 100%. I think he should be going higher. Um, if you look at that offense, I mean, every time you hear these blurbs come out, um, coaches, they're never going to say anything bad about the player, except mm-hmm. if you Chase Claypool. But Cam Akers <laughs> literally was a monster at the end of the season. They, mm-hmm. they pretty much, he was their offense with Cooper Cup being out. You know, he ran for 512 yards, like you said, led the you know league in rushing the last couple of games. And he should be going higher. The only reason he's not going higher is because people are so obsessed with receivers right now. Um, I think by the time late August, September moves around, as we get into a lot more main events, he'll move up around, maybe around and a half. I could see that because if you look at that offense, who besides Cooper Cup and Cam Akers can you say I can depend on? Tyler Higbee, maybe, but Van Jefferson, like there's there's not much. And the, and the running backs behind him, we always talk about like who's the guy behind that could take the carries. On the roster right now, there's nobody, like nobody. And, and I'll say yeah. this too. I, I, we were chatting with um, uh, Kev Wheeler, who, Terp, I'm sure you've um, course, competed yeah. against before. Um, from the 33rd team. He was my guest on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show last night on the Better Sports Network. I and, saw it on, and, and there you go. Thank you. It was on the, uh, the FFPC YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. So if you missed it, you can go back and watch it. But we were talking um, uh, about uh, Cam Akers last year or uh, last night, and we were discussing this. Um, and, and I think there is something to be said for this guy being underrated. You know, he, he mentioned like the Kyron Williams thing never developed because Kyron Williams got hurt. And obviously, Daryl Henderson. He's really he's not that good. And you haven't you haven't drafted Zach Evans at all, have you? No, I mean, okay. I, no, just there's no. It's a late round draft pick, of course. Could he turn into something? Yeah, obviously. But mm-hmm. is it? Am I worried about him for Cam Akers? No, I mean, I don't see there being anything that the Rams don't really have that much to offer. Like Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook, why would he go there? Um, Kareem Hunt, maybe he's just desperate for a team right now, and you know, Leonard Fournette. But I mean. These guys are going to find a team soon, and you just hope they don't find a team that's going to be a pain in the butt for a guy that you're as heavily owned as I am with Cam Akers. I, I am with you on Akers. I'd be drafting him all day in the early sixth round uh, for sure. I, I think this is a guy who definitely has the opportunity. You know, this is why you draft now, because you want to get guys that are going to outperform their draft. He's the perfect, the perfect running back if you're going heavy, wide receiver, tight end, or early quarterback, you know, with your first four or five picks to start your running back room with. I mean, I, I can't think of a better guy right now. You mentioned Damian Pierce, Dalvin Cook, mm-hmm. who I don't have any interest in no matter where he goes. Um, so Cam Akers, way too undervalued right now, in my opinion. You know, Dalvin Cook's one of those guys, and I know it's not on the rundown, but we should talk about him for a little bit because Kevin and I were talking about this last night. He's one of those guys that I always think, and, and we'll get into so, like DeAndre Hopkins in a little bit, he's one of those rare guys that once he signs with somebody, his ADP could actually go down. Because right now we're looking at Cook from a standpoint of, oh, well, maybe he'll sign with somebody where he's going to get a bell cow spot. There's not really a bell cow spot available right now. Nowhere. And, and, and so if Cook does sign with somebody, it's probably going to be in a committee. You know, I think the odds on favorite is Miami right now. And if he signs in Miami, you got A-Chain, you got Jeff Wilson, you got Raheem Mostert down there. That's One of those guys are getting cut or traded. And, and, and the thing is, too, um, if Cook does, let's say he signs in Miami, the odds on favorite, his ADP should go down. It should drop out of the early sixth round. I think his six rounds nuts for him. I mean, where is a great landing spot for him right now? There's none. You're, There's none. I mean, back to Minnesota is, is about the only thing I can think of. Austin Martin said that too on the Go That's, that's the only thing that makes any sense to me whatsoever that I would say, oh, maybe his his 
should stay at the sixth round. He'll never go up no matter where he goes. doesn't matter. I, I would love to see Ezekiel Elliott go to the Vikings and Dalvin Cook go to the Cowboys. That'd be interesting I mean, as well. Uh, won't affect their ADP. I would be surprised if Ezekiel Elliott doesn't sign anywhere. And then non-zero chance of that as well. Um, Kareem Hunt. Uh, let's talk about him. Josina Anderson, who now covers uh, the NFL for CBS Sports, said that uh, Washington is, quote, making some preliminary inquiries on Kareem Hunt. This is interesting to me because, you know, we've been talking about the last couple of weeks that Ron Rivera has been talking up Antonio Gibson, called him a potential matchup nightmare for the teams that he could be playing with uh, this year. They still have Brian Robinson, who comes in his second year. They drafted Chris Rodriguez this year. And obviously you'd think like, okay, that's good enough for Washington. They don't need to add another guy. But it's weird to me to think that Washington is, you know, poking around Kareem Hunt right now. I don't necessarily think this is a Kareem Hunt question, even though he'd be reuniting with Eric Bieniemy, his old offensive coordinator from Kansas City. But I think this begs the question, are we overvaluing Gibson? Should we be not looking at Gibson or Robinson? The fact that Washington on the surface is saying, hey, we love Gibson. We think he's going to be great. But now behind the scenes, they're looking at Kareem Hunt. This doesn't make sense. And I feel a little bit skittish about taking Gibson in the ninth round. I hate this news bit. Antonio Gibson is my number one overall player owned right now. Wow. Extremely, extremely high on him. I think he's one of the best values. He's starting to move up because all his, you know, these news bits are coming out. That, you know, Rivera, the enemy, all this stuff. And, you know, he's starting to figure it out in camp. And, and Brian Robinson just is an okay running back. He's nothing special. Right. You saw what Jarek McKinnon did last last year and, and and running backs, you know, with the Chiefs offense with the enemy. Gibson, to me, is just one of the best, best, best. Of course, you know, is he going to get it up here? Is the, is the mental part of the game, which he seems to struggle with, outside of nagging injuries. Well, he's got to hold on to football, too. Yeah, he got to hold on to the football, too. So, but I'm not worried. I mean, Kareem Hunt would be, would be, you know, definitely something that would be a pain in the butt. But I'm still drafting Gibson. If 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 that means Gibson drops a round or two, I'm fine with that. I just feel like his talent, you know, he was almost a first-round draft pick yeah. two years ago. I mean, he was one of the hot, hottest, you know, preseason names out there. He never really panned out last year. He was kind of an afterthought, you know, very average season. But this new stuff worries me, but I'm still drafting Antonio Gibson everywhere. Like I said, he's my number one own player right now. Running back, receiver, tight end, quarterback, don't matter. I'm all in on Antonio Gibson. Go to the YouTube chat right now. Bill Hollywood chiming in. I didn't think too many people wanted Hunt, quite frankly, for fantasy and in the NFL. Yeah, that's true, Bill. We haven't heard a whole lot of people in on Kareem Hunt at all. Uh, Hudson Kern Reeve uh, chiming in tonight. He said he was actually in a fantasy pros draft earlier tonight. He took Gibson as his smart man. Smart man. Absolutely. Well, he's a Ivy League professor. He's got to be intelligent. Hudson's right? a very, very, very good dude. Sharp drafter for sure. Um, and and I think um. Uh, and I'll tell you this right now, Gibson and Robinson are actually going back-to-back -back in Fantasy Pros Championship drafts. Brian Robinson, 8-12, is running back 33. Antonio Gibson, 9-02 at the running back 34. Let's get into DeAndre Hopkins here. Mike Reese is reporting that Hopkins is, is, is quote, in no rush to sign following his visit to New England, a two-day visit with New England. He left uh, his Wednesday-Thursday visit. He left it on Thursday without a contract. Seems like he is still searching out for money. But, Turp, the thing that we have to look for right now at this stage of, of the um, non-playing season, you know, a lot of these teams don't have the cap space to spend big on a free agent. They're, they're already capped out. So I don't know what kind of bag he's going to get um, right now. Uh, the, the question here, and this is the million-dollar question, because this could last deeper into drafting season right now. DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver 20 at the 409. 
What do you do with him there, knowing that he is going um, right behind uh, Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, and Debo Samuel, and he's going right ahead of Jerry Judy and Christian Watson? How do you handle Hopkins in drafts? Just right now? another ADP that I don't understand right now. I mean, what's best case scenario? Everybody's, everybody wants him to go to Kansas City. Everybody wants him to go to Buffalo. But Buffalo and Kansas City aren't going to give him what he wants. He wants money. He can say all he wants about winning, but he cares about money more. That's why, why if you didn't care about money, what are you going to Tennessee or New England for? Neither of them are winning anything. So I think Cleveland's interesting. Cleveland's definitely interesting. Cleveland would be a great spot for him. Um, reunite with Watson. I mean, it, it just comes down to he's not a guy that I've been targeting much. If he goes to Cleveland, that hurts everybody. Mm-hmm. It helps Sean Watson, but it hurts everybody else, you know, considerably. Amari Cooper would fall, Eli Moore, Elijah Moore would fall, the rest of the you know, people's Jones, you know, guys like that wouldn't even be draftable at this point. So I said the Hopkins would go to New England. I still stand by that he's going to go to mm-hmm. New England. And if he goes to New England, I just don't see, unless Mac Jones takes that next step with, with Bill O'Brien, which could possibly happen. That division is a tough division. The Patriots, in my, my opinion, the worst team by a good margin in that division. So what's the best case scenario for Hopkins? Are they ever going to be a team that's going to be throwing the ball a ton? I don't see it. Right. He's a guy that I've just been passing. And if he goes to Kansas City, you know, then I'll just draft him more as we get later. But I don't see it going I don't see it happen. I think he's gonna go to New England or Tennessee, whoever pays him more, but my guess is still New England. You know, you draft guys who are not on teams right now for the value that could present for you later on in the tournament. I don't know how much higher he's gonna go based on no. where he's going currently. Kansas City so- is the only place, in my opinion, that he can go to that he would go up considerably. We hey, move and a they, little bit. Buffalo, yeah. Cleveland, maybe. Some wild team. Like, I, I couldn't think of any off the top of my head. Giants. Well, I mean, Houston is a possibility. They do have the money. Houston, you go back yeah. to Houston. If you believe in C.J. Stroud with, I, with some of Well, that's, see, that's, the, that's the thing that, that my belief is in Hopkins. I mean, he was fantasy worthy with Colt McCoy down the stretch last year. So, even Fair. if it's Stroud, I just think Hopkins is going to gobble up targets wherever he goes. The thing is. I just don't know how much of a value you're getting on Hopkins right now, which is why you want to be drafting players like that. I don't know how much of a value there is there. Uh, Terp, let's move on. Uh, we got um, Rich Billu uh, waiting in the green room right now, snacking on all the crab rangoon and the uh, the hors d'oeuvres I've left out for him. Before we get to him, I want to get your opinion on the Baltimore wide receivers. Officially, Zay Flowers has signed four years, $14 million, $7 million plus is uh, fully guaranteed. Uh, Lamar Jackson, this is looking great for him. He adds – um, Zay Flowers and Odo Beckham to the Rashad Bateman, J.K. Dobbins, Mark Andrews uh, pass catching uh, room there right now. And that, uh, Bateman has actually just got a quarter zone shot, which I was talking with Kev Wheeler about this last night. He's he's he thinks it's a nothing burger. He does not think this is a big deal to get the quarter zone shot, but he still is working his way back um, from injuring his foot last season. Flowers and and this is according to NBC Sports Edge, they think he could be the Ravens' top receiver this year. And I bring this up because. Wide receiver 48, Rashad Bateman. Wide receiver 49, Zay Flowers. Wide receiver 51, Odell Beckham. They are all going between the 9-10 and the 11-01 right now in Fantasy Pros drafts. They're basically all together, Terp. Who are you putting your chips on for the Ravens receiver to own this year? I would say draft them all. I don't think there's a downside in any of them, especially where they're getting drafted. If I had to pick one, it would be Rashad Bateman. Uh, I'm a little bit more worried about the, the shot than, you know, some are. Um, I like Zay Flowers a ton, too. He was a guy that I was very high on coming out of the draft. 
Odell, I'm starting to come around a little bit on. He was somebody I was off at the beginning, but they paid him a lot of money. So mm-hmm. I mean, you would think somebody like that's going to get plenty of targets. And, and if he's 75% of what he what used to be, that's still a pretty good player. Yeah. If I had a bet on anybody, it would be Bateman. But I would draft all three of them. And just I mean, if you're doing a ton of teams, just mix them up as much as possible. But lead with Bateman because I still think he's going to be the biggest target getter out of the whole team. There's a dangerous. As the kids say, there's a comfortability with Lamar Jackson and Rashad Bateman right now. And I draft Lamar Jackson everywhere. Absolutely, yeah. He is underdrafted right now in drafts. We were talking about we were talking about this like last night when when you look at Lamar Jackson, he was being drafted as the quarterback seven or eight when the whole contract thing was up there. Now he has moved up. He's quarterback five as of right now. He was quarterback four last night, so he's fluctuating a little bit. But he's moved up to the 410. I still think that there is value there. He could be the MVP this year. We will find out as the season goes on. I'll tell you who an MVP of fantasy football is, is tonight's guest. I want to bring him in right now, ladies and gentlemen. First started playing fantasy football while he was stationed in Okinawa in the Marine Corps back in 2003. And the league he formed there that year, it's still going with all those guys 20 years later. Absolutely. First high-stake draft was in Atlantic City uh, with the WCOF in 2007. And then he's at, he's an OG. He's an FFPC OG. Joined the FFPC in 2008, the first year of its existence. He's played every year since. Uh, his son actually started playing fantasy football with him in 2003 Love when that. he was in high school. Uh, and Father's Day weekend, right? This is this is what we want to Love bring that. on. That's how I started. And, exactly, yes. 18 and, and, the first year of Wyckoff. And there you go. And, my and so, dad. You can identify with this. Wasn't team. even supposed to be at the table and still figure out a way in. <laughs> he got in. Um, Rich and his son both played uh, football. In fact, Rich played in the Marine Corps, played against San Quentin Prison's team. We could have a longest yard scenario uh, on our on our hands tonight. Loves the game of fantasy football, still learning and trying to get better, uh, but he's gotten pretty good. He's got eight titles to his name in the FFPC. Please welcome on to the show, Mr. Rich Billiot. Rich, thank you so much for coming on tonight, man. Wow, uh, Baki, Terp, uh, this is truly an honor. It's an honor, and I was just so excited when you guys invited me on. Uh, I mean, I follow you guys all the time, and uh, I love this game, and I love the FFPC. Of course, I've been with it since uh, since it began, and uh, it's just exciting. It's fun, and to listen to you guys and to be here, being able to discuss this with you, it's it's just real an honor. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, thank you for doing the show. We appreciate that. You got to tell us more when you played against, were you playing against the inmates at San Quentin prison? When yes, you were in the we Marine were. Corps? Uh, uh, so. Can you do me a favor though? Can you get that chiefs? Uh, no, come on, Turp. We're not doing that. We're not doing that tonight. Leave it in there, Rich. Lenny Dawson signed. But so this is a team that I played on. That's our station. Hellcats. Yeah. We played San Quentin prison. We beat the hell out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it was the prisoners. They came out dressed in black. They looked like the Oakland Raiders. This was up in the <laughs> Bay area. So I was at Naval Air Station Alameda. So it was, it was a lot of fun. I was younger. I was bigger and stronger, but, uh, there was a big fight on the field. I'll never forget it. No surprise there. So right. Baki Turpin, I'd just like to give a shout out to my son, Jay. Absolutely. Who me and him, this has been a father son thing Love that, that has bonded us. Since I mean, for the last twenty years, we he he drafts with me when we draft the teams, and we have our procedures that we go through. So I know he's watching, and the beer meisters, uh, the league we started twenty years ago in Okinawa, 
a bunch of Marines, uh, my son, some friends. We still have a lot of originals from 20 years, and they come to the house from all over the country. Uh, in August, they'll be here again, and it's a ritual that we have. And so I just want to give a shout out to those guys. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate that. And and I think what, what I want to get into, and I was talking with our normal co-host, Farrell Elliott, a few hours ago. And he said, who's on the show tonight? I said, Rich Bilyeu, and he is a, uh, a former Marine. And Farrell said, you don't call him a former Marine. That's right. <laughs> Once a Marine, always a Marine. Always a Marine. So, so I have to say, I, I want to say, you are currently a Marine, just not in active service. Now, you're in Quantico right now? I We live right outside of Quantico. That's where I retired uh, after 30 years active duty. So we're just right outside Quantico. I mean, you can hear the training going on, the sound of freedom, uh, we call it. Uh, <laughs> So 30 years and another 10 years uh, working as a civilian at Quantico. And then about a year, a little over a year ago, I finally retired, retired. Mm -hmm. uh, but I've, I've been involved in some politics. I won't get into that. Uh, uh, and I'm working on some campaigns right now. But 20 June, this will be over with. And I'm just going to say goodbye to that. I've had enough of that. And I can concentrate fully on fantasy football this year. And I'm really excited about this year. Uh, the players, the, all the moves, all the coaching changes, it, it's pretty exciting. And I, I look for this ADP to be for between now and the time the season starts to really dramatically probably make some big swings. So, Rich, against my better judgment, I have our resident Eagles fan on the FFPC uh, podcast media circuit. I have him asking a question about the Cowboys right away. I'll let Terp take it away. Terp, my apologies to you. You got a Chiefs helmet in the thing, and you have you having me ask a question about a cowboy. We're not off to a good start here. But anyway, back to the question. Cowboys tight ends. A lot of questions with Dalton Schultz moving on to Houston. Who is the guy that you had to pick or you want to pick or the guy you're avoiding? So, hey, Terp, I, I love that because, uh, I mean, this, this is a tight end premium league. I mean, mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons why I really loved it, the, the the two flexes and the tight end premium, it just kind of opened up just multiple options, uh, strategies. So tight ends are very valuable. Mm -hmm. And uh, I like Jake Ferguson. I think, uh, I think Dallas let Dalton Schultz walk because they knew what they had in Ferguson. And, and if you look at the two guys, I mean, look at their, their draft capital. They're both drafted in the fourth round. Uh, they're both the same height, same weight. They both run the same 40, 47. Um, but if you look at it, Schultz, when he came out of Stafford, I think he had 22 catches for about 200 yards. Whereas uh, when Ferguson came out of Wisconsin, 46 receptions, 450 yards. So he had quite a pedigree when he came to Dallas and, and he passes the eye test. I, I think uh, of course they're going to have Schottenheimer's going to be the offensive coordinator there, but if you look at the targets, I think Schultz leaves behind about 89 targets. And the Cowboys went out and drafted Shoemaker. Mm -hmm. um, even though they got him in the second round, he looks like a project. And rookie tight ends don't typically just jump right in. I think that Ferguson is going to snap up every one of those targets that Schultz is leaving behind. Uh, Prescott loves his tight end. I think it's kind of a security blanket for him. But yeah, I've I've drafted Ferguson. Uh, I try to get two. I try to get three tight ends if I can. If I can get a tight end late, like Ferguson is going in the seventeenth 
round right now, the ADP. By the way, too, anybody that's not using Fantasy Mojo. It's crazy. Brother, they better get over there right away. Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine. I can't imagine trying to uh, to draft these teams without without using current ADP. I mean, that's where it all starts, the ranks and the ADP. But I love Ferguson. Yeah, I'm, I'm repping my uh, my Badgers gear tonight, obviously. So I'm a Ferguson uh, guy in, in Dallas this year. And right now, as, as Rich just pointed out, tight end 28 for Jake Ferguson makes a fantastic tight end three in the 17th round. Uh, or 15th round, beg your pardon. This is where he's going right now. And then uh, Schoenmaker not being drafted at all. So I think that, that that's interesting. And he shouldn't be. Yeah, I, I, I'm on board with yeah. you guys. I, I, I'm I'm not. Schoenmaker, you want to talk Dynasty? Okay. But redraft, I, I'm not on board with him. Um, just, you know what? Real quick, too, I would say, I like the Cowboys, the fact they play in a dome. Uh, I like passing teams that play in domes. But week 13 and 14 for the FPC playoffs, mm -hmm. They have two home games back-to-back -back against Seattle and Philadelphia. They're going to have to score. They're going to be at home. They're going to be rested, indoors. I mean, what's not to like? The only, the only thing that would concern me is Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer, right? Yeah. yeah. Because if they can get out of their own way, and maybe it's best for the team, I don't know, but for fantasy purposes – it sucks seeing Kellen Moore go to Los Angeles because I, ah, I wanted to see yeah unlock CD Lamb, Michael Gallup, Brandon Cooks this year, obviously as well. Um, we shall see uh, on that. I want to keep talking with tight ends with you, Rich. Um, and David and Joku is kind of guy. We we kind of were talking about Cleveland earlier. Why should FFPC drafters not be forgetting about this guy as a potential starting tight end for him this year? Oh, I love that guy. I I, I see him as a tight end one that you can get around that seven seven eight. Seven eighth round, somewhere in there, instead of uh, you know really spending a lot on on the guys before him, I think you're going to get the same thing. The guy's a freak. I mean, I, I didn't realize that he had only spent two years in college at Miami when he came out. So this guy, uh, you know, he he got kind of a, a a late start, just two years in college, but four six forty. He had a forty inch vertical. And he's built like a, a brick house. So he has all the athletic ability. And I really, really think Watson, uh, Deshaun Watson, he laid an egg at the end of last year, but the guy hadn't played football for like a year and a half or something. And they threw him right in in the middle of the year. What do you expect? Uh, there's a lot of good reports out of camp. And uh, and I try to do a lot of research. I'm, I'm all on Twitter all the time. I'm checking the OTAs. I'm trying to see actual video footage for myself. And I think, uh, I think Njoku, I think he finished number nine in the FFPC last year already. So I don't see him going down. I see him only going, going up. So Njoku where he's going is a tight end one. And then you kind of follow that up with a, a solid tight end two. I'd take that any day over spending a third round. Well, I like Hawkinson in the third, but, mm -hmm. but some of these guys, George Kittle scares me. They don't call him George Brittle for nothing. Uh, Goddard, you know, I mean, he got hurt last year and there's so many mouths to feed there. Kyle Pitts. I'm sorry. I know a lot of guys love him. I'm not drafting him. I'm, I'm with sorry. you. I mean, he's coming off of bad injury. He's playing in a team that wants to run the ball. London's there. They drafted a running back. They want to give idiot him head coach. <laughs> exactly. So Najoku, I mean, he just 
he makes sense to me. Uh, I'm just looking at this in Joku, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He was uh tight end, I think 12 last year in FFPC scoring. Um, he uh had 50. I, I, I'm looking at, I'm looking at, I believe I'm looking at FFPC scoring right now. I could be wrong. Um, but tight end 12 is what I show him at 54 catches, 586 yards, three receiving touchdowns to your point, Rich. This is a guy who had to put up with Jacoby Brissett and, and a shell of himself to Sean Watson. So there's plenty of room for improvement there. Bucky and two follow the money. They gave this guy over fifty six million dollars. A ton, dollars. absolutely. They gave him fifty six million dollars a block. Mm -hmm. I mean, if they did, then that's crazy. But yeah. that's a lot of money, and I think they 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 feel like they have to get something out of him, and they mm -hmm. will. We talk about tight ends being undervalued. Mike Jacecki, New England. New offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien. Are fantasy pros drafters sleeping on him right now? Well, right now, I, I, I'm looking at the latest ADP from uh, Fantasy Mojo, and I've I've drafted Gasecki myself on several teams where I have, I'm three tight ends deep. I like to get tight ends late in the late rounds as a dart throw. Because some of them, especially the guys that have a high ceiling. So I've been drafting Gusecki, but I got him in in the rounds like 15, 17. Now I see he's creeped all the way up to around, I think Bucky is around 13. Yep. 13. Yep. That kind of scares me, but also if I look at it, it's almost like a a like a tear break there. The guys that come after him, maybe it is a good deal. Uh He's got a big catch radius. He's got soft hands. They gave him a lot of money too. I think about four or five million bucks for a year. Uh, and the Joe New Smith experiment failed. Uh, it, it, and you know Mac Jones, you know NFL not for long. I don't think he's a starting quarterback for long in the NFL. I think he needs a guy that's a big rangy target that's going to be running over the middle that he can see and that he can get the ball to. Uh, Gusecki could very well end up being the number two receiver uh, for Miami, which – Miami, I'm sorry, for, for New, New England. England. Yep. New England. But, I mean, that's not saying much. You look at the rest of the receivers at New England, they're awful. I mean, they brought Juju in, and I drafted him on a couple of teams I wish I hadn't of because now he, he's he's got a knee, a knee problem, I guess. But uh, – I think there's a lot of upside there. I just would be – I would caution about not paying too much for him. Uh, I tried to get him after round 13th if I could. Yeah, and and he could dip yet. I mean, obviously that that's – I mean, especially if Hopkins signs in New England, um, then all of a sudden you, you will get a dip on, on Gesicki as well. Yeah. Rich, I want to go to the chat room right now. Our resident Ivy League professor, Hudson Kern-Reeve, wants to know a realistic – projection for Dalton Kincaid, who is currently in the Fantasy Pro Championship, being drafted as tight end 11. He's going off the board at 902. He's right behind um, – oh, no, he's not right behind Isaiah Likely. My apologies. That was a uh, freak out. I would hope not. No, he's not. He's, he's absolutely not. It's my I, – I need to work on my sorting game here on this data from uh, Fantasy Mojo. He's going right behind the aforementioned David Njoku, um, and he is going basically right at the same spot 
as Chiga Conquo in, in Tennessee. What are your thoughts on Kincaid? Uh, Dave the Dizzle Gerzak is, is saying it's a stab in the dark. Who knows? He also says 45 for uh, 45 catches for 500 yards and four touchdowns is considered great. Is that what you'd be looking at for Kincaid this season? I would look at the maybe is his ceiling, but I'm not willing to bet on him right there. I, I take on Conquo or I hell, I take a chance on Schultz after that. Uh, I just there's so many mouths to feed there. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just a lot of guys that are in Knox. I know Knox has got some kind of an ailment right now or anything, but he's not just going to go away. Uh, and they like to spread the ball around. I, I think they draft they drafted him high, and everybody's kind of overthinking that he was a value and they're looking at him uh down the road having a good solid guy because he's such a value but i don't think people should be thinking that buffalo said oh yeah we're going to get him and make him the centerpiece of our offense and he's going to get you know 20 percent of the 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 share i i haven't drafted him yet and i'm probably not going to because of where he's going uh at that range, I like Okonkwo a lot. Mm -hmm. I really like him. I think he's going to shock a lot of people. Uh, Schultz could be a target monster at Houston. But also, I mean, there's some guys there really, and we're going to talk about them later, but there's a couple of guys in other positions in that round that I would take before I take Kincaid. I'm just not willing to take that chance. I can't remember. My apologies to whoever told me this. It could have been Alex Kaur from Draft Sharks, but he said, you know, um, if if it's true that Kincaid is being drafted as a slot receiver, he's going to hurt guys like Khalil Shakir. He's going to hurt guys like Gabe Davis and Deontay Hardy and all these guys. Dawson Knox should not be affected because he's going to be out on the field just as much as he was before, as Dizzle's pointing out in the chat room right here. So maybe we're overrating um, the plunge of Dawson Knox and or we're under uh, we're overrating that and overrating the impact that Dalton Kincaid is going to have on Knox too. That's something to think about as well. Um, nice. All right. Uh, let's, I want to get into this here. Um, the Jameer Gibbs right now is going in the third round of fantasy pros championship drafts yet. David Montgomery is falling all the way to the seventh round. Remember the lions gave 11 million guaranteed to David Montgomery, although they did draft Jameer Gibbs with the 12th overall pick and reports were that they were willing to take him at six as well. Rich, would you rather draft Jameer Gibbs in the third, as far as lions running back goes, or is David Montgomery in the seventh, actually a better bang for your buck? Gosh, I, I hate that's a tough question. Is a is a have to choose one or the other. Uh, because right now I don't have any Gibbs. I don't have any shares of Gibbs in the in the teams that I've drafted, but I think he's a really, really exciting player and I want to draft him. But I if I do, I want to get him at the end of the third round because there's guys I like better than him. And he seems to be creeping up up round three closer to that that two three turn and uh the further he goes to the left on that round three the less i like him now montgomery i have i think three shares of him already i love the guy he's relatively young and you know what when you go back and look at his stats he doesn't have a lot of wear and tear on him they didn't right. they didn't give him the ball a lot and he is pretty tough he's missed a few games in th the three four years but he's played through some injuries. He's got good hands. He's a tough runner. I think he's better than Jamal Williams. And I yeah. think he, you know, he languished with the Bears and these sorry offenses and, and, and bad coaching and, and inclement weather. Whereas Jamal Williams, you know, he's with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Then he goes over 
to Detroit has a great line. I think Montgomery is going to do better than Williams did at Detroit. Now, is he going to have 17, 15 touchdowns? No. But I think uh, he's going to score a lot. He's going to catch the ball. The only thing that worries me, I of course, I have three shares of him right now, but I noticed that he's he left training camp the other day with a lower leg injury. And I've been trying to see if there's any hints of what that is. I hope it's nothing serious. There hasn't been many. Um, I, I'm going to try to answer the question. I'm going to try to get Gibbs at least on one team. Right now I'm working on diversifying my team. If I had to take a choice, I would take Montgomery still in the seventh round as my RB3. Um, going back to the diversity thing, too, last year I made a mistake. I, I did a lot of the football guys, now FPC, the Fantasy Players Championship. I did a lot of drafts, and it seemed like I just kept landing in the same spot, and I just kept drafting the same guys like Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. And, and it ended up killing me because of the injuries and, and the things that happened. So this year, it's been kind of funny. I've, I've been drafting the front end and the back end. I haven't been in the middle yet, but I've been able to diversify my teams and, and not make that mistake. And you think after all these years, you know, you, you learn, we're constantly learning, but sometimes you think you're too smart. You got to step back from it. Even after 20 years of drafting, you got to step back, uh, exercise some introspection and kind of go, Hey, am I just following the herd thing? Am I, is crowd think kind of uh, guiding me here? And uh, so this year I'm just trying to diversify all of my teams as much as I can. Let, let me ask you this, Rich, and, and this comes from uh, the Dizzle in the chat room right now. He said, forget Gibbs versus Montgomery. Who would you rather take, Gibbs in the third round? That's or easy. Oh, my gosh. Bijan Robinson at the 108. Dave, thanks for that. Hey, that's easy. I'm taking Gibbs in the third. I, I know everybody Thank loves you. it. I know they love it. But, look, I've already made up my mind. Now. One draft, I did take McCaffrey in the first round. But the way I look at the ADP right now, you, you got to take a wide receiver in the first round, or mm -hmm. unless you get Kelsey, you got to take a wide receiver. They're great wide receivers, and there's a lot of great running backs this year in round two. If you want it at the end, round three, uh, round all the way to round five, heck, you can get a good RB2 in round six. Yep. Yes, you can. Uh, yes. And, and, and I, why would I want to? Grab one of those guys, and how many times over the years have we been burned by first-round running backs that were sure things? Mm -hmm. I, I just drafted a team. I I got my first share of Algier kind of late. I thought, you know what? Talk about a great – and I'm not a handcuff guy. Mm -hmm. But that kid, I mean, he, he runs hard. He can catch the ball. Uh, he's going to be backing up Robinson. Robinson's a rookie. I mean, I, the answer to that is I would take Gibbs. Uh, Rich, let me ask you this. I want to go back to the YouTube chat. I, I, do you play Dynasty Fantasy Football or no? No, I don't. I, I saw that. And I, it's just after all these years, you think I would. Uh, <laughs> well, no. you're busy. You're busy winning all these fantasy pros drafts. Yeah, yeah, obviously. So I, I get it. Yeah. Um, you know, the, go I, ahead. Just a little story, and I know you guys don't have too much time, but I, I got to tell you. So in our league, too, we got this guy. Uh, 
Bama. Hey, Bama, shout out to you. It's always every year he makes it, but he just misses it by that much. And I hate to do this, but I've had a bunch of those in the FFPC over the years. And I, I just got to relate this one story. So in 2011, I missed a, a main event championship by less than two points. It was the year, look, it was the year I had, I had Bailey as my kicker and Garrett iced Bailey. Oh. And when he came back out, he missed a kick. And I lost the championship, main event championship by less than two points. But here's the kicker. The game before that, I had Brady, and he threw a touchdown to Gronk, a two-yard touchdown. And uh, about an hour later, I looked, and the touchdown was gone. They changed it Rushing. to a lateral. And you guys, don't laugh at me, but I did a letter, and I found the, the statistics, the people that do statistics for the NFL, and I faxed them a letter and said, hey, you know, I looked at this, and I think you guys need to change this to lateral. I tried to reference that Buffalo, Tennessee return. Remember the mm-hmm. – Kevin Dyson change it, but and I lost. But there's yeah. been a lot of missed it by that much championships too. You never forget those. No, no those you ones you always remember. <laughs> um, I, so let me ask you this: we, Well, let's let's avoid it from Dynasty. But JJ in the YouTube chat right now, he wants to know where we're ranking Garrett Wilson um, for for redraft. And I'll tell you right now, Rich, I don't know how you fall in on this, but right now, FF uh, Fantasy Pros Championship drafters are taking him on average as wide receiver nine behind the Browns, AJ and Amon Ra, uh, or St. Brown, I guess, as it were. And then right ahead of Devonta Adams and Jalen Waddle. Wide receiver nine feel right to you? It does. I I just had a chance to take him at uh, 211 in the league. In the, in the, we just drafted a team, and I took Amon Ra instead. I love Amon Ra, and it was my mm-hmm. first year of him. And uh, – but I like Garrett Wilson. My son doesn't doesn't feel he doesn't feel comfortable with him. But the guy, I mean, he's just too talented. He's he's his athleticism is off the charts, and and I know Rogers is going to get the ball to him. Um, I really like him. I think that's a good spot for him, and I'm hoping that I can land him on one of my teams. Another running back that was really really not popular last year but literally broke the fantasy football scale. Josh Jacobs has not signed his franchise tag yet. Is Zamir White, 16th round right now, ADP, a guy you're targeting? Oh, hell yeah. Um, so I have, I think I have White on three teams already. And because you can get him late, and this whole thing with Jacobs that's going on, I, I'm pretty sure Jacobs is going to come. He'll play. I mean, he's not going to pay. What oh, choice does he have? Bell. None. You know, he's going to play. But here's what I'm looking at. That guy, McDaniel, I can't stand him. I probably shouldn't say that. Another idiot. He's an idiot. He ran him into the ground last year, 340-something carries. Uh, he touched the ball almost 400 times. And you don't do that to a guy if you see him as part of your future. I mean, he That's literally – drove him into the ground and i'm thinking it's because well he wants him gone i think mcdaniels is a control freak and he, he got rid of car i think he wants to get rid of everybody was there and so i'm not so sure even when jacobs comes back that a he might be wore out and and need a break b mcdaniels wants white in there and white's 
he's a good kid. He's a, he, check him out. I mean, he's a good citizen. He was a captain of his team his senior year there at Georgia. And he is, they call him Zeus for a reason. Uh, Pretty sure he was the number one recruit coming out. I think that's right. Running back yeah. wise. Yep. And, and, and he's just a real sauce looking guy. I think that, uh, I think McDaniels would love to have him be the number one guy. So that late, you can take a stab at the guy and hold him for a couple of weeks and see what happens. And who knows? I mean, I think it's a value because of the ceiling at that round. I want to ask you uh, about this as I, I'll, I'll let everybody know in the YouTube chat. I want to pop it up on the screen here in a second. But right now you're looking at Zamir White as far as his ADP in the Fantasy Pros Championship. Running back 65 at the 1602. You can feel free to load up on him. I'm with you on that, Rich, uh, for sure. I do want to get back to a question in the YouTube chat uh, from Hudson Kern-Reeve. Is DeAndre Swift being underdrafted just right, Goldilocks, or overdrafted right now? And then that that we got a cavalcade of comments after that. Uh, Bill Hollywood, who is a um, a big Lions fan, says Swift is a bum. Uh, the Dizzle is definitely on board with Swift being a bum. Dave's been drinking a lot tonight, I think. I, I come on. Yeah, he well, takes I mean, it. Come on, man. Well, listen. Are you, are you a Swift guy? No, he's I'm an Eagles, Eagles guy. Fan, he's an Eagles I guy. Am. That's why. Well, That's why. Non-biased, I'm definitely a Swift guy. I think he's being underdrafted. Right he's, he's going in the in the mid-sixth round, isn't he? Look, uh, running back 24 at the 607, yes. I don't trust the Eagle running backs. They remind me of the 49er running backs. I mean, they, they still got Gainwell there. They got Boston Scott there. They brought Penny in. Hurts uh, uh, runs the – they get on the one-yard line. Hurts is sneaking it in. Um there's so many weapons there. I just and, and it's not because of the fact that Swift, you know, he just couldn't make it in Detroit and he was always hurt and everything. I just think that the situation he's going into, he's not guaranteed anything. And I think you could be starting that guy every week and he could blow up with a couple of big plays, but he might also kill you because uh, they bring Boston Scott in, or they get on the one-yard line and Hurts sneaks it in, or mm -hmm. they look for Goddard on a play action. Uh, it In the sixth round, guys, I'd take Rashad White before I took him. I know Cam Akers isn't going to be in the sixth round anymore with the news that's coming out. He's going to mm -hmm. fly up. But, uh, yeah, either that or I would try to get one of those receivers like Traylon Burks. I love him. Brandon Ayuk, I love him. Yep. I just – I can't see – my roster builds drafting DeAndre Swift. I think he's going too early. That's my answer. Um, I, I don't know if you have a good answer for this, uh, Rich. Maybe you do. I feel like I've been bringing this up on the show a lot because I'm trying to hammer it down for my own personal game. You have a favorite Giants receiver this year. We found out the news today that Jalen Hyatt's running with the threes, which I guess isn't a surprise. I don't know how long that's going to um, last. But your favorite Giants receiver in Fantasy Pros Championship drafts this year, sir? So don't laugh at me, Tripp. Don't laugh. But I, I love Darius Slayton. Um, but I mean, you can get him in the 18th round. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, so, you can. And that's where I've been getting him. I think a lot of people forget when Slayton came in in 2019, he came in with Daniel Jones. They came in together. So they have a relationship. And if you go and check it on YouTube, Slayton loves him some Daniel Jones. And, and, uh, Slayton is like a 4-3 burner. That guy is fast, and he's not one of these skinny burners. He's about 6'1", 
uh, six feet, 190 something pounds. So he's not one of these frail, like one of these other guys. And when I think his rookie year, he had 700 yards and six, seven touchdowns. And everybody the next year was all hot and bothered and they'd steamed him up and they were really drafting him early. And then he kind of had some, some, some things happen and the giants kind of imploded. I think Garrett was there, uh, but they brought him back. And if you look at the receivers there, uh, Paris Campbell, Wanda Robinson, I'm sorry. I have a little recency bias. They burned me last year. I I'm just, with you. those, they're just guys. And Robinson mm -hmm. coming off of a bad injury, uh, Campbell, the Colts let him go. That should say something about it. Right. He just he's just not gonna do it. Now, a lot of people like Hodgins, and at first I did too. Uh, but if you look at him, I mean he was I think he got drafted in the sixth round by Buffalo, and Buffalo ended up let, letting him go. He ended up at the Giants when virtually everybody in the receiver room was hurt. So he had who are they gonna throw the ball to? Oh, and right. Ballinger was hurt. Yeah. Hodgins, a big kid, he caught, I think he had five or six touchdowns. But here's the thing, Darren Waller's coming in there, and I love Darren Waller. And Darren Waller's going to be that red zone target, and he's going to be running those routes that they were throwing to Hodgins. And I just think if you're going to draft a guy in round 18 or 17, take a shot at Darius Slayton. And if, look at the ceiling. If him and Daniel Jones, and I think they really have a the thing and I love Daniel Jones. I'm drafting him too. I mean, that guy's got an arm. That ball mm -hmm. comes out of his hand. He's better than people think. He ran for over 700 yards last year. I mean, what's not to like? Uh, I think that team's going to be very much improved. And I like Darius Slayton. A lot of upside. Jones, by the way, Terp's going to ask you about the Rams in a second. Daniel Jones, quarterback 13 at the 1209. I can definitely get in business with a player like that, given how he raises his legs uh, to, to, to get fantasy points as well. Go ahead, Terp. Cooper Cup, obviously the, the hottest target coming from the Rams. Is there any other receiver that excites you, or are you pretty much just Cooper Cup or bust? Well, again, I like these late-round guys. And, and before I tell you who I like, the – when when people are playing these leagues, especially the main event, when you're paying that much money, and I'm in in the fantasy pros championship, same thing. Uh, you should be planning. I mean, in the Marine Corps, we say hope is not a plan, and we also say that no plan survives uh, initial contact with the enemy. So I like to plan and have a plan A and a plan B. I plan all the way down to round twenty. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at ADP, and I'm not just – once I hit a certain round, some guys maybe they're just going to go, okay, and they're looking in the player list and drafting guys. I'm I'm looking at guys, and I'm analyzing them all the way down to the end. And uh, I like Van Jefferson. Uh, great kid. Uh, uh, comes from a great pedigree. I think his, his dad was uh, Sean Jefferson. Sean Jefferson, yeah. Uh, uh, Great pedigree. He played on a bad Florida team, but he still had good stats. He's very, very fast. His first year, his first or second year, he, he put up some really good stats and had a lot of touchdowns. So he had he had two knee surgeries, and the second one was in August of last year, yet he was still able to come back and play late in the year 
and put up some pretty good numbers. And he's been working in the offseason with Matt Stafford. So you got Matt Stafford coming back healthy, him and Van Jefferson working out together in the offseason. Cup is going to demand a lot of attention over there. There's nobody else. You got two two. There he's a one trick pony. You got that kid Skowarnik or whatever, and I think yeah. he just had some surgery. So of course Higby, but I think Van Jefferson for where you can get him again in the late rounds. If you don't want to take a tight end three or take a stab at Darius Slayton, take a shot at Van Jefferson and see what happens. And you could end up with. If, he, if he's the number two there, they throw the ball a lot, and he's getting down field deep, uh, you're going to have a real value there. I want to get to a couple of emails here for you, Rich, from some of the listeners, and we'll go through these uh, semi-fast, or how long, however long it takes you to answer them. That's totally cool. Don in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio. After what we saw last year, is it wrong to sleep on Geno Smith and Jared Goff in FFPC drafts again this season? Thank you for the email, Don in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio. I will tell you this. Um, I invested in Matthew Stafford way too much last year as my only quarterback. And thank God for Geno Smith. Thank God for Jared Goff because I picked those guys up off the waiver wire after uh, oh, uh, Stafford and uh, Prescott was the other guy I was way too in because Prescott went down early yeah. and I ended up picking up those guys and they saved a lot of my seasons last year. And yet these guys, Rich, when I look at the Fantasy Pros um, ADP right now in Fantasy Mojo, they're going late again. Um, you're looking at, uh, let's see here. Jared Goff is quarterback 18. Geno Smith is quarterback 15 in the 13th and 14th rounds. I think people are sleeping on him again, aren't they? Well, they sure are. I uh, So you guys have been doing this for a long time, but I was a long, long time ago. I was a Lou Tranquilly oh, yeah. disciple, and it was always – I worked for BFD. That's true. Yes. Hey, push a quarterback, quarterback. And, and, you know, I guess I'm a boomer, but, uh, but I think today – particularly when I look at these ADPs now in these draft boards, I love Gino and I love golf. And, and you, you look at Gino, you look at the weapons and then they added uh, JSN. I mean, mm -hmm. and, and Walker. And I think the offense has just gotten more powerful. It's gotten better. I like their playoff schedule week 13 and 14 and Detroit. I love those guys. I mean, with that line and playing in a dome, and with the weapons that, that Goff has, I mean, he's going to get Williams back in, in uh, week seven. He's got a Monroe. They got that kid Laporte tied in. Mm -hmm. uh, they can throw the ball. They're going to give the ball to Gibbs. Uh, he's going to be catching passes. I love those guys. I mean, if nothing else, a quarterback too. But you know what? If you really got some big brass ones and you want to be a Lou Tranquilla, you want to push it push it to the limit, you grab one of those guys late, stock up on your running backs and receivers, get a top tight end, and then get another QB2. Don't wait too long. Mm -hmm. And I think you're going to be just fine. I'm going to, I'm going to, I have Gino on several teams and golf on several teams, but I paired them with other guys. Um, let's go back to the YouTube chat right now. Uh, Dizzle wants to know from you, Rich, do you avoid character risk type players like Odell Beckham uh, and place a premium on, on, on supposed yes. high character players. Let's talk about this. Dave, I love, I love the questions. Uh, I, I, and I'm glad you brought this up because one of the things I, I mean, we, we try to analyze these guys and we try to rank them and we look at, we look at past performance, we look at athletic ability. And then of course 
we try to figure out if the coach is going to play him. You can see the guy's great, but is the coach going to play him at all? Uh, but one of the things that I do, and it sounds ridiculous, but I research these guys. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Twitter. I'm everywhere. I want to see them. I want to see them talk. I want to see what kind of intellect they have. Are they going? Are they going to be able to 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 figure out the offense and really play it? Are they going to get along with the coach and the, the rest of the players? Or are are the, are mids a guy that worries me is Pickens. I think he's a diva. And and I wouldn't be surprised if he got kicked out of a game or if he had problems. He's a great talent. But, yeah, so character risk guys, I look at that just like coaches and managers look when they draft their teams and they bring them in and they interview them. I'm trying to find what kind of a person they are because I don't want to draft a guy that's going to go off and, you know, and get – get benched or get kicked off the team or get in trouble. And plus, uh, Odell Beckham, man, I mean, the injuries, let's throw yeah. those there too. I, I won't be drafting him. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why Baltimore signed him and gave him that money. I, I think it's crazy. It's a lot of guaranteed money. A lot yeah. of guaranteed money. I, just, I don't get it. Um, let me ask you this, and, and final question here before Turf asks you the final, final question. So I guess this is the penultimate question. It comes from Tyler in Zeeland, North Dakota. What's up, Rich? Do you have a set team construction method or end result that you like to operate under in Fantasy Pros drafts? Best wishes in crushing it this year. That's Tyler in Zeeland, North Dakota. Thank you, Tyler, for the email. I don't, you know, I, I've asked this question from a lot of players, uh, Rich. Uh, like, do you like to have this many quarterbacks, this many running backs. I know you kind of alluded to you like to have three tight ends in the fantasy pros uh, drafts. Um, do you have a, a construction method? Do you let the draft come to you? You like to have a certain number at a position at a certain point in the draft. How do you sort of formulate this um, this type of thing? Or do you not formulate it at all before uh, you're drafting in the fantasy pros championship? Oh, I absolutely do. Again, uh, hope is not a plan. And that's a great question. I, I love, to me, the work and, and – and putting together the possibilities is, is half the fun of a draft. That's why I like to try to get my draft position as early as I can. Lately, I haven't been able to get that in some of these leagues, but that's why I, I war game constantly. I'm always looking at the most current ADP, and as soon as I get my draft position, I know the current ADP by heart. I'm looking at it, and I can immediately narrow down the scope of players that I'm going to that I'm going to be able to get and kind of, and I can just focus on them. And then I can just start rearranging and and trying to assemble until I can assemble the best collection of guys possible in my mind. So the answer to the question is I plan, I have a plan A, a plan B, a plan C. Mm -hmm. I would, again, no plan survives initial contact with the enemy. Baki, I don't know if you remember last year, some of the football guys dressed that that we did uh there was a guy that would draft like 10 running backs in a row yep. and six tight ends and the first time that happened in one of the drafts i was like is he going to keep going <laughs> yeah. I, what i'm trying to say is be ready you can have a plan and you can construct something by the adp that you want to get and assemble the be- what you think is the best but be ready to adjust the last team i just drafted a couple of days ago uh, Just Jacobs fell to me at 311. And I didn't plan on Josh Jacobs falling to me at 311. I was like, well, damn. Uh, okay. 
I guess I'll take him. I mean, I've been avoiding him because of the contract stuff, and I've been picking up Samir White. But, again, you, I absolutely plan. Usually what I'll try and do is I'll start somewhere in the middle of the draft, and I'll pick some key guys that I like, and I'll build out from that. And just based on where I'm drafting at, I'll try and get the best collection of guys that I can. I believe in depth. And I believe in balance. The guys that like to piss yellow and all that, I mean, mm-hmm. I'll adventure a little bit into that. But what's been successful for me is when I start out and have a, a running back and a good receiver. So as the draft changes, it's easy for me to adjust. But if you just jump in and go running back, running back, running back, receiver, receiver, the next thing you know, later on in the draft, you put yourself in a corner yeah. and you're taking less value because, oh, damn, I need a running back or I need a receiver. So you're picking some garbage when there's better value out there because of the way you've gone. So I like the balance approach. Let me ask you this. Um, and, and uh, well, no, not, not let me ask you. I'll tell you this. The guy, and there's probably more than a few, um, but the guy who would draft all these running backs in a row, we had him on this show, uh, Farrell and I did, about two years ago, two years and a month ago. The May 21st episode in 2021, his name's Jeff Zedlar, and he will draft, you know, double-digit running backs in a row. And he explained sort of the, the method to his madness. I know it got a lot of – well, it was polarizing on Twitter. There's a lot of people that said, oh, this guy's on to something. There's a lot of people that said this guy's insane. Uh, but he does have almost 10 titles to his name, so he has been able to do it to a certain amount of success. Uh, I, speak, go ahead, Rich. No, I, I was – I tried. I was like – what is he doing? What is he figuring? I think is, is he I've playing? been in drafts with him too. I, I don't understand. Like I'm like, is he playing the deny game? Like, okay, if I get them all, nobody else has them. So but it it was it was hard to wrap my head around. He it. never yes. stops either. There's no pause button. He'll take six, no. seven in a row. Oh yeah. Eight in a row and don't he doesn't care at all. The first and- time it happened turf, I was like, what the hell? So then every other yeah. draft I did, as soon as it started, I'd smell, I go, that's him. Yep. And I look in the draft room and I'm thinking, do they know? They better have to adjust a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, I, and I'll say this, and I, I can't, I'd have to go back and listen to it, but he explained it from not a philosophical standpoint, but a, a game theory standpoint uh-huh. of why, why he felt he needed the, the reason to do this uh, or why he felt, um, that he needed to do this in, in order to be successful and give him his best chance. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't want to break it down now. We don't have the time, but you go back in the archives. May 21st, 2021, Jeff Zedlar. Uh, that's who you want to listen to. Terp, let's, uh, uh, Rich has been very gracious with his time. Let's give him one last question. We always ask this question. Which player are you fading? And which player are you drafting in all your drafts? So some people are going to get mad at me for this, but I'm fading DJ Moore. Um where he's going at, I know he's talented and all, but uh, I just can't. I'm sorry. It's he's, and he's had he's put together some good years at Carolina with some bad teams, but he's one of those guys you you know him. We've done this before. You just you just keep waiting. Oh, the promised land, the promised land. Well, he's going from Carolina to Chicago, and they were last in pass tips last year, and and. The weather gets kind of crappy there. Like, they really burned me last year. I think the first two games they played in the 40-mile-an-hour winds, all the skilled position players didn't do anything. So he's got bad weather, a quarterback that 
I mean, they're not going to throw the ball that much. They may throw a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So what are you hoping for? Are you just hoping for play action bombs and every now and then he gets – I'm just not willing to do that early in the fifth round. I mean, after him, Chris God- – I love Chris Godwin. I like Deontay Johnson. Christian Kirk, uh, love him. Um, there's just so many other guys that I'd rather take – take before him i just won't be drafting dj Moore. i'm i'm fading him um the the one guy that i really like and and we kind of started getting into it earlier and i know this is kind of dumb but i'm talking about a guy that's going in the i've been getting in the 10th round that uh is creeping up and that's zay flowers uh i know we probably should be talking about guys in higher rounds but I look That's okay. No, any round, man. Well, I, I mean, there's, there's so many good players. I wanted to pick a guy that I really feel strongly about. And I love Zay Flowers. I think Munkin, uh, what he did where he was at, as far as taking players and scheming around the players. And they bring this kid in first round and he's a four, four burner. And he, he weighs about 189, I think, but he's, but he's still pretty solid. And, I I watched him and he he was at Boston College. They had a crappy team. I think they won like three games, but he still had a really good uh, year. And he can also score for a guy that size. Uh, he's a good red zone guy. He high points the ball. And I think you 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 got Bateman up. Terp, I know you love Bateman, but I mean cortisone shots and and I love them all. You know Beckham. And I'm thinking, hey, they're I think a lot of people just, they know the Ravens is a run, 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 run team, and they can't wrap their head around the idea that they're going to throw the ball. I think they're going to throw the ball. Not well, not like not like Tampa Bay with Brady, but they're going to throw the ball. And I see this kid uh, catching passes, bubble screens, uh, running uh, uh, jet sweeps. I think as the year goes on, and you get him in the ninth, tenth round as your number five wide receiver. Um, I think – that's the guy I'm targeting. I, uh, Rich, can I ask you? Do uh, do you have a public Twitter? Do you tweet, or are you just are you just uh, snooping on what everybody else is tweeting? No, I, you know, I so I have a, a Twitter account, but it's it's not a public Twitter Got account. It. I, okay. I, you have to have it to research. I mean, you can right. have it and, and play fantasy football. Mm-hmm. I think you you have to have one to be able to research and go what's going on, but. Because, like I said, because I'm involved with some politics out here, right? It just was best that, yeah. I get it, and and so you will remain incognito on the social media, but perhaps you won't be incognito come January if you cash that million dollar grand prize in the Fantasy Pros Championship. We'd love to have you back on here. You're getting rave reviews in the chat room right now. Rave reviews from me and Terp as well. This was so enlightening. I loved hearing uh, your approach to uh, game theory, your approach to drafts. And then, obviously, your player analysis was impeccable tonight. We really appreciate it. Good luck in all your drafts this season, uh, and hopefully we do this again soon, Rich. Uh, and, and thank you not only for your patronage of the FFPC, but your service in the military as well. We thank Absolutely. you for that. Absolutely. Thank you. Love you guys. Love the FFPC. Thank you so much for having me on. It was an honor. You got it. Rich Bill, you, ladies and gentlemen, the eight-time FFPC 
uh, uh, league champion joining us tonight. And once again, I lied at the top of the show. I said we get to the emails. We don't have time because Rich was so awesome. Uh, so there's nothing I can do about that except for tell you to tune in next Friday. Terp, we will continue to follow you on Twitter at Dave Terp. Um, uh, we have a special announcement coming up that I'm going to let you go first. I'm going to make it at the end of the show. But I think we'll be seeing a lot more of you here on the FFPC Media Channel. 1,000%. Absolutely. Appreciate it, dude. Glad you enjoyed your vacation. We'll talk again real soon. Have a good one, brother. Dave Terpoli, my co-host with the mostest uh, tonight. Uh, thanks to Rich Billiou, uh, Dave Terpoli, the FFPC, Rob Rice, and of course, each and every one of you. We return live next Friday at 10, 9 central. In case you missed it, uh, you can watch yesterday's The High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on Better Sports Network on any of the FFPC social media channels with yours truly and the 33rd team's Kev Wheeler. Uh, this coming Thursday at 7, 6 central, you can watch live. It's going to be me and Billy Muzio, so that's going to be a lot of fun as well. Win a million bucks in the Fantasy Pros Championship, just the three $350 uh, entry fee at myffpc.com. I was going to tell you to join the midnight draft. I just checked it's filled. So thank you to the FFPC squad for filling that draft. That's going to be a lot of fun. That goes off in about 40 plus minutes. A million dollar grand prize up for grabs in the FFPC main event. $200,000 in the best ball tournament grand prize and $50,000 in the Superflex best ball tournament. All those, myffpc.com. Remember, 125 bucks to join the best ball tournament, just $35 to join the Superflex Best Ball Tournament. Uh, register for Dynasty Startups. Once again, $100 all the way up to $5,000 as far as uh, the entry fees go there. More uh, than 1,300 leagues over the course of nearly a decade. Not a single one has folded. The FFPC is your home for Dynasty Fantasy Football as well as slow, live, sit-and-go best ball options all at myffpc.com. Like, subscribe, share, and get notified so you make sure that you are seeing every single time we go live on this FFPC YouTube channel. A happy birthday to former guests of the show, both Stacy Perez and Steve Perator, celebrating birthdays today. Happy birthday to you. Happy Father's Day to all the dads. My dad does not want this. I, I have a zillion shows. This is one that he does not watch because he is not a fantasy football guy, uh, but I want to wish him a happy uh, Father's Day. I'll see him on Sunday as well. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for watching. Your Father's Day weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. Oh, you thought I forgot about that special announcement I teased at the start of the show. Thanks for tuning in this late, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the announcement that I want to give is we are doing live draft coverage like no year other here on the FFPC YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook uh, social media spaces. We will be covering live Fantasy Pros drafts each and every Tuesday night. Now, they'll be at different times on Tuesdays, but every Tuesday night, you can bet that we will be covering a, uh, starting this Tuesday, we'll be covering a live uh, Fantasy Pros Championship. We're going to try to get in some of the uh, the drafters onto the program as well to get their thoughts. You can actually watch these drafts. Um, and if you think you can do better than them, myffpc.com is where to go for that as well. So that starts this Tuesday. It's going to be a rotating uh uh, host uh, thing. Uh, sometimes it'll be me and Aiden LaCory. Sometimes it'll be Aiden LaCory and Dave Terpoli. Sometimes it's going to be even uh, in Terp. Uh, it's going to it's going to vary. But every Tuesday now throughout the rest of the drafting season, uh, we will be going live on Tuesday. And by the way, for the high stakes lowdown, which normally goes live on Tuesdays, 
if we can't do it Tuesday nights, we will do it Wednesday nights. So we will make sure that we are not giving short trip to that as well. So you'll get all the analysis from all the people with the most skin in the game here at the FFPC. Once again, happy Father's Day, everybody. Thanks so much for watching an extended episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Farrell and I will talk with you again next Friday night at 10, 9 central.